If you would remain standing and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we'll be looking at verses 31 through 44 this morning. So Luke 4, 31 through 44. Hear the word of the Lord. And he, meaning Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent! Come out of him! And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. When he stood over her and rebuked the fever... It left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You may be seated. And as you do, if you would bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and honoring in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray. Amen. Well, as Ed mentioned earlier, we had quite a work day yesterday. Um, I, uh, as you look out the, the windows back there, there is a huge pile of branches. Uh, there is, I don't know, untold number of bags of leaves that were, were raked up and uh, will be disposed of. And it was great to be here yesterday to see everybody working together, to see John Hawk using a chainsaw, to see others uh, just... Cleaning up this, this property, it was, it was great. Um, so I thank you to those who came out and were able to help, um, especially the guys from Union Rescue Mission. Um, I had a, a conversation with William, Dr. William Tollett uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I said, you know, I know we donate to you guys and we give you money. Is there any other ways that we can help? I know that, that Claudia and others do, do some work at the, at the Dorcas house with the garden there. 
and uh, said, what, what can we do with the, the Nehemiah house, with the men? He's like, honestly, the best way to help us is to let us help you. I said, okay. Like, if you ever have anything going on on a Saturday, like you're doing stuff at the church, uh, we would love to come and work with you. And so I said, all right. And I was just blown away. Uh, they had 10 guys come, come yesterday. Uh, they said they could do more. I didn't think that we would have work for more than 10. Uh, we could have used probably 30. I mean, uh, there's, uh, there's still a lot of brush to clear and things like that. But they were incredible. And uh, as I was introducing myself to them, uh, they were just so grateful for the opportunity to come out and work with us. It was, it was awesome. So um, uh, the, the mission that we support there at Union Rescue um, is, a, is a great mission. They're doing amazing things in the lives of, of men there and of women, and uh, it is an honor to be able to, to support them uh, financially and in other ways as well. So uh, we probably will have another work day at, at some point. They said they wanted to come back. They insisted that they come back and help us to do more, so... It'll be fun to, to work alongside of them as well. Uh, so thank you to all those who, who helped out with that. Um, this past week, if you've been following the news at all, uh, there's been something that's kind of captured my attention and probably a lot of other people's attention too, um, and it's this missing airliner. Um, it, uh, we don't have a TV at our house um, because uh, it's hard for the kids to not consistently ask to watch TV. So we said, fine, we're going to get rid of it. <laughs> so, uh, but we can follow the news online. And it seems like I'm consistently checking to see what's going on with this missing airliner. It blows my mind in this age of modern technology. Uh, maybe, Sean, you can explain it to me. <laughs> or you can't. Okay. Uh, how we can just suddenly lose an airliner with 239 people on board. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was, you know, nobody had any clue. We're, we're starting to get an idea uh, of what may have happened. It may have been deliberate. The search area keeps expanding. Soon it's going to cover the whole globe. I, I don't know. But um, it's just really captured my attention. So um, imagine if I, if I showed up here this morning, and at the start of, uh, of our service, I would say, you know what, guys, guess what? I know where flight 370 is. What would you say to me? <laughs> You're crazy, first of all. And you would say, show me. Well, if you know where it is, where is it? Show me the proof. I want to see the satellite imagery. Um, I, I want to see the plane itself. Tell me where this is. But uh, without proof, uh, that, that statement is, is baseless. You would think that I'm crazy. Um, even if I did say it, you probably would think I'm crazy, because why would I know where the plane was? Um, this morning, as we, we look in our passage, uh, we see many miracles that Jesus performs, and we're going to see those throughout the, the book of Luke as well. He performs many miracles, and these miracles we're going to see are proof for Jesus. Um, as we begin here in verse 31, we see what Jesus is typically doing. We see that Jesus goes from town to town, and on the Sabbath, he finds his way into the synagogue. And as a rabbi, as a teacher, he teaches in the synagogue. So he had left Nazareth, he's still in the vicinity of Galilee, which is in northern Israel, and he heads to Capernaum. And he is teaching there 
in the synagogue. And when he is done, a man with an unclean spirit suddenly disrupts the service. And this unclean spirit yells out, Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. I know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus calmly, uh, dramatically, casts this demon out of this man. That's his first miracle. Uh, After worship, uh, they don't have a fellowship lunch going on that day apparently, so Jesus then heads to Simon's house. And uh, Simon's mother-in-law is sick. So if you're wondering, uh, are these disciples of Jesus? Simon's not yet a disciple. Jesus hasn't called him yet. But sometimes people ask, you know, what about the lives of the disciples? Were they married? Um, Peter, yes, he was married. Um, Obviously, he had a mother-in-law. That uh, you have to have a marriage in order to have a mother-in-law. So obviously, by logic, uh, Peter was married. And his mother-in-law is sick. In fact, Dr. Luke tells us that she has a high fever. This is a serious illness. And Jesus comes, and what he does is he rebukes this fever. He drives it out of her, and he heals her. And she gets up, and she starts serving them. The people of the town hear about what's going on with Jesus, and they wait for sundown because it is the Sabbath. And so they bring their sick to Jesus. They bring those who have demons, and Jesus heals the sick, and he casts out the demons. He heals them all. Now, as impressive as these things are, uh, performing these miracles is not Jesus' purpose. In essence, this is not the reason why Jesus came, is to perform these miracles. Jesus plainly tells us what his purpose is, uh, and that's there in verse 43. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. He says, for I was sent for this purpose. You see, Jesus never intends his miracles to be center stage. These are never the, the main show. They are very important. Uh, Think of it this way. His miracles are not the point, but they are the proof. Let me say that again. His miracles are not the point, but they are proof. But what are they proof of? Proof of what? They are proof of the presence of the kingdom of God. Jesus tells us very plainly that his purpose was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. And his miracles proved, they were proof of this good news of the kingdom of God. Even though we think that we don't always see God's kingdom clearly today, we can believe that it has come. So, if Jesus' purpose was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. What exactly is this kingdom? When we say kingdom of God, what are we talking about? Well, first of all, in a very plain and an easy way, the kingdom of God is wherever God is king. The kingdom of God is wherever God is king. I know that sounds very obvious. Um, where is the United States? Well, the United States is within the borders of the United States. I mean, that, obviously. Um, the United States is wherever uh, our government has authority. 
Um, that is how we define the United States, in a sense. Um, but if we say that God's kingdom is wherever God is king, doesn't that imply that God's kingdom is everywhere? Because wouldn't we say that God is king, say he's king of the universe? Um, isn't God's kingdom then everywhere? Well, yes, in a very real way, in a general sense, God's kingdom is everywhere because he is the king of the universe. But in a very specific way, Jesus tells us that he is bringing God's kingdom. In Mark 1, verse 15, uh, Mark says that the first time Jesus preaches, that his message is this. It says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So in a very general way, yes, God's kingdom is everywhere. But also in a very specific way, Jesus is bringing God's kingdom. Uh, you can also think of it this way. We said the Lord's Prayer this morning. Um, on our way to church this morning, uh, uh, as our family, uh, we also said it in the car as we were about to head out so that we can get ourselves in the mindset that we're, we're coming to worship. And in the Lord's Prayer, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we can think of God's kingdom like this. Uh, God's kingdom is where God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, that is a, a, an easy explanation uh, of the kingdom of God. Because you see, in God's kingdom, the king, God, is ruling. He is the one who is in authority. He is the one who has the power. In a kingdom, also, the enemies of the king are subdued. They are defeated. They may be present, but they have no power. If you think of wars that are, are fought, like the American Revolution, you know, we declared our independence on July 4th, 1776. Uh, we won the war for revolution. And so now uh, the Amer the, us here, the colonies, had their independence. Um, after the revolution, Great Britain no longer had power here. Our enemy was defeated, and now we had power. So, if the kingdom of God is where God is king, if it's where God's will is being done here on earth as it is in heaven, then what is this good news that Jesus is talking about? What's the, what's the good news of the kingdom? Well, the good news of the kingdom is that it is here, that Jesus has brought it. Um, I don't know if you're like me at all, but I am a sucker for these videos that you see on YouTube or sometimes on the news that show these soldiers as they're coming home and they surprise their family, like they surprise their young children or it choked up thinking about it. It's because there's this one video in particular uh, of a young boy who's in his class, and his soldier dad walks through the door. And his face just lights up because his father is home. And the greatest present for this kid is the fact that his dad is now here. His dad is back. The greatest thing for him is the presence of his father. Well, Jesus is bringing the good news that the kingdom of God is 
here. It is present. As I said before in, in Mark 1, verse 15, he says, The kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Jesus teaching in Nazareth. And he reads this, uh, this uh, portion of scripture from the book of Isaiah, which describes the kingdom of God, that the blind are receiving sight, that this is the year of the Lord's favor. And he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing, because Christ has brought the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is fulfilled. In uh, theological terms, we say that, God, that Jesus is the one who has inaugurated the kingdom. You know what that means, inauguration. You know, every four years we have a presidential inauguration. He, he takes the oath of office and it begins his term uh, in office. Uh, Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. So the question is, how do we know that the kingdom of God is here? We should see evidence, right, that the kingdom has come. Well, in, in terms of Jesus, um, we need to remember that the kingdom of God is wherever God is king. And as king, he is the one who is demonstrating authority. And the word authority is used several times in our passage this morning. He was teaching and preaching with authority. They were astonished uh, by his authority and his power to command evil spirits. A king has authority in his kingdom, and Jesus is demonstrating his authority as king in his kingdom. Uh, we read in the catechism this morning you know, that, that Christ is our redeemer, and he occupies the office of prophet and priest and king. And what does he do as our king? Well, he subdues all his and our enemies. He conquers and restrains them. And we see that in our passage Jesus is conquering Satan. We saw several weeks ago in the temptations. Jesus conquered Satan in the temptations. We see this morning, he is casting out demons. He has authority over them. He's even casting out fevers. If you notice uh, what it says when, when he healed Peter's mother-in-law, it says he rebuked the fever. It's the same word that, that is used when it's talking about the evil spirit. He rebuked the evil spirits. In a sense, he is driving out this fever because he has power and authority over it. This is our king. So we see Jesus on, on a micro scale doing this in individuals that he is displaying his authority. But we also see later on, uh, we know the end of the story as well, on a macro scale, Jesus is defeating his enemies. And who are the enemies of God? Well, the enemies of God are sin, Satan, death, hell. These are God's enemies. And we know that Jesus has defeated all of these things by his death on the cross and through his resurrection. And we know that in the end, these things will be no more when Christ comes again. So as Jesus clearly demonstrates his authority, we can clearly see the evidence of the coming of the kingdom of God. You know, we said in the, the prologue to Luke that the reason that Luke wrote this to Theophilus was that he might know for certain of the things that he had been taught. 
Well, the way that we know that Christ has brought the kingdom for certain, that we can be like Theophilus and know these things for, uh, with certainty, is because of the authority that Jesus demonstrated. Jesus has authority. So, if Jesus brought the kingdom, if he has established the kingdom of God here on earth, the question is, do we see it today? Do we see God's kingdom today? I had a conversation this past week with one of the members of our church, and we lamented the fact that sometimes we don't see God's kingdom very clearly today. Uh, We see God as king. Uh, We know that. Our our confession and our catechism says that. uh, That he has brought us under his power. He rules and defends us and restrains and conquers all his and our enemies. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Is this truly happening today? Is he truly conquering? Is he subduing his and our enemies? If the kingdom of God is truly present, um, why don't we always see it? Or is the problem in us, and are we just missing it? Well, if you look on a political, if you look on a cultural level, um, the situation looks pretty dire. Um, It would be hard to say, oh yes, this is the kingdom of God. Um, maybe not in our country in the present day. But you know what? The gospel around the globe is exploding. Um, I was hoping that Chris would be here this morning. I was going to use him as an example, but I'll wait on that. But uh, God is doing amazing things, even here in central Arkansas. Churches are being planted. But you know what? If you go outside the United States, if you go to places like South America, if you go to Africa, if you go to Southwest Asia, The gospel is exploding. You know, China is closed to the gospel. Uh, In in most places, it is illegal. Um, But churches there are growing by leaps and bounds. It is amazing how the gospel is taking root there and in other places as well. Uh, It demonstrates the fact that God is king and the kingdom of God is present. You know, I think to a large degree... Uh, if we don't see the, the, the kingdom of God, a lot of the reasons why is that we're the ones to blame for it. Um, we need to see with, with spiritual eyes. Because God's presence hasn't left us here. The kingdom of God is here. Um, one of the reasons I feel like we miss the presence of the kingdom of God is because of the relationships that we have with one another. And this is a, I think this is a critique for all of us. It's definitely a self-critique. Uh, we rarely engage uh, in the deep relationships with one another. To, to hear each other's stories, to know what's really going on in each other's lives. Um, maybe it's one of the privileges of, of being a pastor, but uh, people usually sh- feel comfortable sharing their stories with me. And I feel like that is an honor and the privilege uh, of being your pastor, uh, is to hear your stories. And I think it's really important for us to be able to share our stories, what God is doing in our lives with one another, because it demonstrates the presence of the kingdom of God in our lives. Because there are 
countless stories of God's redemption, of the presence of the kingdom in our lives today. Uh, As I was introducing myself to, to guys yesterday at Union Rescue Mission, I saw the presence of the kingdom of God. One of the men, uh, his name was Stanley, was telling me about, uh, in our one-minute conversation, was telling me about the fact that he has struggled for the past 40 years with alcoholism. He's been in and out of programs. But he said Union Rescue Mission has done something to him that, that no other program has been able to do. He said he feels whole. Because, uh, not, and not just physically, not just mentally, but spiritually because of what God is doing in his life. And for the first time in a very long time, he feels free. And you know what? I could see it on his face. Um, the joy that he had just raking the ton of leaves that we had in the back there. Um, he exuded joy. You know, I recently talked to someone who is celebrating 16 years of freedom from the grip of alcohol. I know those who have been freed from the demons of their past recently and have a new freedom because of the presence of the kingdom of God that is here and now. I know men who have been released from the grip of pornography that is so present and prevalent in our culture. And it is due to the presence of the kingdom of God that is here. Uh, On Tuesday morning, in our men's group, uh, we have the opportunity to share with one another and pray for one another about the things that are going on in our lives. And as we've shared our stories, I have seen the presence of the kingdom of God in and through us. God is redeeming His people you know what? Modern day miracles are happening all around us. The presence of God is here. Most often, though, we don't see them. Uh, sometimes we, we think we need to keep them private. Uh, I'm not advocating for oversharing here. There's, a, there's an appropriate level of sharing with one another. But sharing with one another our stories of what God is doing is so important to us as we fellowship with one another. Uh, Just like the miracles of Jesus were the proof that the kingdom of God has come, modern day miracles that God is doing in our lives are proof that the kingdom of God has come and is subduing, is conquering His enemies here on the earth. We need the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Uh, I've talked with some of you here in the congregation about sharing with us on a Sunday morning stories of what God has done in your life. We're going to start doing that very soon here as a congregation because they're encouraging to us. And we need to know what God is doing in our lives. We need to see the presence of the kingdom of God because it is here, it is present. God's kingdom is advancing. Later on in the book of Luke, as we move on, especially in chapter 9, we're also going to see that the kingdom of God is advancing in our hearts, and God is using us. He has given us the authority of the kingdom. He gave authority to his disciples to cast out demons, to heal diseases. He has given us the authority of the kingdom as well. 
You know, ultimately the kingdom of God that we have begun to see all around us will be fully realized when Christ comes again. There uh, is a song that is a, a precious song to me. Um, uh, it's actually what Dawn played in her prelude this morning. It's called, This is My Father's World. I want to read some of the verses of it. Uh, the writer says, This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hand, the wonders wrought. And uh, there, the third verse in our hymnal uh, is slightly different. Uh, there's, there's a couple of different variations on the verses. But um, verse 3 in some hymnals starts this way. This is my Father's world, O oh, let me ne'er forget. That though the wrong seems oft so strong, God, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world, the battle is not done. Jesus, the Lord, shall be satisfied, and earth and heaven shall be one. This promise is good, and it is true. God's kingdom is coming, and it will come. His will will be done here on the earth as it is in heaven. We are beginning to see it now, and we will see it in completion in the end, when Christ comes again. Uh, the song that we're going to sing uh, for our closing is on Jordan's stormy banks I stand. It is a picture of the Israelites as they're standing on the river Jordan looking to the promised land. It is a vision of the fact that God's kingdom has come, but they're looking forward to the day when it would come in its perfection, in its entirety, when it will be consummated. But we need to know that the kingdom of God is present with us today. That Christ has subdued His enemies through His miracles. And ultimately, Christ subdued His enemies at the cross. Through His death and through His resurrection. Christ is subduing our enemies. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. He has conquered hell and the rule of Satan in our lives. And we need to share our stories with one another regarding what Christ is doing. Because He is working in our lives. And you know what? We need to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because we need to encourage one another and to be there for each other. And our stories that we share encourage each other in the presence of the kingdom of God. Let's pray together that God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And live in the glorious news that Christ is our King. And long for the day when this will be fully realized when Christ comes again. Let us pray. Most gracious God and Father in heaven, you are our King. And we know that you have all authority in heaven and on earth. We know that you are subduing 
conquering, restraining all your enemies. That sin, death, that hell, that Satan has no power. Yes, we know that he is present in this world, but we know that he does not rule and reign. We know that you rule and reign. We know that the kingdom of God is present here and is advancing. Not just in other parts of the world, which we are grateful for, Lord, but it is advancing here and it is advancing in our hearts. And we pray, Lord, as Jesus taught us to pray, that your kingdom would come. That your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we long for that day when we know that that will be fully and completely realized. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.